all of a sudden he sees an eagle swooping down in his direction. Right, a very, very big eagle. So, and, and the eagle's coming towards him. It stops right in front of him, spreads out its wings as if it's asking him, you know, like, hop on. And he tries to get on, and the second he gets on, the eagle takes off and brings him to the structure, drops him right by the structure, he gets off, and the eagle goes. everybody just want to make a disclaimer here so there seems to be uh, I don't want to say conflict but there seems to be some information about the Mikdash Melech the person in the story who we're going to talk about um, there's information that seems to be missing online or I haven't found anything yet um, that necessarily supports not that it contradicts, but it necessarily supports what it says in this story as far as the location. But this is from a, obviously this is from the Minchas Lazar, from the Munkach Rebbe, and it's a credible source enough for me. should be for you as well. So enjoy the story. Just wanted to say that because um, when I did my research about the Mikdash Melech and where he lived and especially where he passed away, he's buried in London, I thought that it was interesting um, because there is, I guess, it's hard to find information about him, about his time in Eretz Yisrael. Anyway, enjoy the story. everybody. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Play Hard, Play Hard. YouTube channel and podcast, if you're watching and listening, thank you very much. This week's story is absolutely wild. If you saw the Parsha... Pause the video now and subscribe so you can get all the feeds all the time. Yes, sir. And um, the, the, uh, if, if you watched the Parsha show, you heard a little, bit, a little preview of the story. But basically... Um, the, <laughs> the Minchas Lazar, the Munkach Rebbe. So he he writes a story. He sorry he he said a story. It was written by I forgot the name of the sefer. I saw this story in the sefer. Eitzer uh, there. He brings down a sefer that cites the Minchas Lazar, the Munkach Rebbe, who said in the name of his grandfather. His grandfather who heard the story from one of the elderly people in Sfas who lived there for many, many years. And he saw a handwritten account from the Mikdash Melech. The Mikdash Melech was, his name was Rav Agoyin Sarah Shalom Buzaglo. He, was, he, wrote, he wrote the Sefer Mikdash Melech. And he wrote a, hand, a handwritten account of what happened to him. Why did he name the Sefer after himself? No, his name was Rav Sarah Shalom Buzaglo. Oh, this guy's <laughs> that was that took me some time. Okay, so I know, right? So Reb Sar Shalom Buzaglo. From now, we're going to call him Mikdash Melech. He was going for his whole life. He wanted to move to Tzfas. He wanted to go to 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 Yisrael and specifically to Tzfas. He lived in London, and he finally took a boat. Right, he 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 hopped on a on a boat, and they were on their way to Eretz Yisrael, and on the way, 
they took us, they made a stop on a random island. The island had a thick forest on it. And people got off to, to Spazir, to walk around. Now he gets, he gets off and he's very uh, lost in his thoughts, whatever, he's probably thinking Divertera, whatever it is. And so much so that he just walks and walks and, you know, wanders. And only much later does he realize that he has to get back to the boat. So he goes as fast as he can, tries to find his way back. He gets back to the place, and the boat's gone. Oh. Ah, you see, there it is. But wait, there's more. This will shock you. Ah. And um, so, fine. So now he, he, he's, he's all scared. He doesn't know what he's going to do with his, his where is he, where, how is he going get, to get, get to, uh, I was going to get off the island. So he starts to walk back to, into the direction where he was walking before, and he, thinking about what he's going to do. And it was Erev Shabbos. It was Erev Shabbos. So he's going to have to spend Shabbos. The sun's already coming down. He's going to have to spend Shabbos. Uh, he doesn't have a place to sleep, nothing. So he's, he's, you know, he's thinking to himself, you know, he's thinking, Abishter, you know, help me. And from the distance, all of a sudden, he sees, it looks like there's a structure. So he wonders, uh, what, who, who could live over here? Right? He's thinking, should I go to the structure? It's probably bandits, pirates who, you know, are, this is their hideout, and they go and they, you know, uh, try to, rob. yeah, rob the ships, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, he sees an eagle swooping down in his direction. Right? A very, very big eagle. So, and, and the eagle's coming towards him. It stops right in front of him, spreads out its wings as if it's asking him, you know, like, hop on. <laughs> to hop on. And he tries to get on, and the second he gets on, the eagle takes off and brings him to the structure, drops him right by the structure. He gets off, and the eagle goes away. So now he's like, uh, okay, I'm here. Okay, I, don't, I don't know where, what? What? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, he, the, the, yeah. We're flying on the wings of eagles. No, not Mechaz Lazar. Oh, the Mechaz Sorry. Mechaz brings the story down, or he said the story. Um, so he tries the door. It's open. He walks inside, and it's the most beautiful. It was a, it was a, it was a beautiful palace. He, you know, he 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 walks inside, and he sees uh, marble, golden beams, lavish, lavish things out there. And he, and he realizes, wow, the Abishter, how, how wondrous are his ways. He brought me to a place where I'll, I'll have, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be in a beautiful place for Shabbos. And he realizes that, you know, Hashem answered his prayer. So he said, the uh, Abishter was, you know, my minig is always to go to mikvah before Shabbos. And, so the and then... And then... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a snort. The... So, so the... No. No, no, no. Just, so, no. so he sees in the next room. He, lo- he, lo- he looks. Next room, there's a mikvah. He goes. He gets out of the mikvah. He goes in. He goes out. He, he says, "Avishar, hey, I always put on, you know, four four white pieces of clothing. Shabbos, whatever the white, the four big gadamar." He sees in front of him. There's four. There's four pieces of clothing. White clothing. He puts them on, and he yeah, says. <laughs> I don't. God loves this guy. Yeah. That's like a fairy tale. And this is a very big tzaddik. I mean, uh, yeah. I can see where fairy tales have their source now. Yep. Everything. And listen, it gets it gets better. It gets better. 
So he 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 starts uh, and he he says, Avister, normally I uh, I learn Masechah Shabbos before before Shabbos. You know, he would take in Shabbos by learning Masechah Shabbos. All of a sudden, there's a Gemara, a beautiful Gemara in front of him. <laughs> he opens up. He says, Avister, normally I taste it's a minug that I taste the food of Shabbos before Shabbos, and there's a table with fish on it, and he tastes and he takes in Shabbos pushes, you know. Beautifully. I usually spend Shabbos my home with my wife and kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that. Amos, it's a minute that to be in the base of Mikdash for Shabbos at the Mashiach. It's a good question, yeah. So, anyway, so, so, so he, he says, uh, and, and there was even a, a, a fire with a candelabra ready so he can light the Shabbos candles, light the Shabbos candles, and He's he's taking you know he has a Gemara, you know. Where did the Gemara come from? Gemara, he has the Gemara. Where it came? The same place where the, <laughs> the, the, the eagle came from. How many? That's that's where you're asking your question. Yes. How many? Yeah, the, 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 the food. Okay, one second. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, all the, so he takes in Shabbos like a king, yeah. Yes, for minion. What? He didn't ask for minion, but listen. So he hears from behind the room, behind the other side of the room. Now behind behind a wall, which is like a rumor next to him, he hears movement. People are coming in. So he's like, oh, what's going on over here? Who's here? He tries the door. <laughs> with Mikdash Melech? It's a good question. What year he lived in? I don't know. I'll ask these questions afterwards. So, so that, no, no. So, 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 so he, he, he hears this noise. He tries the door and he can't get in. So he realizes this is a territory that's off limits. And uh, he hears people get together. start davening. Marv. With a beautiful uh, tune and, and a lot of havana, and he joins. And afterwards, after davening, it becomes very, very quiet. And he sees that there's a table set up with food and drink and everything. You know, I'll call matamim, and he, uh, he eats and he, you know, does his whole seder. And there's a bed ready for him, and he goes to sleep. Fine. Next morning, he wakes up. He goes to mikveh again, and again he hears the sound of people coming in. They get the kriyas Terra. And he hears who they're calling up for the Aliyah. They're calling up all the Shivaroyim. They're called Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David, Amalekh. And he, all of a sudden, he gets very, very scared. He realizes whose presence he is. And he's, uh, he, 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 it only intensified his joy and his, and his, and, and his kavod. And he, anyway, so after, <laughs> <laughs> so after davening, yep. after davening, he, he uh, once again has his seuda, and he learns Masechah Shabbos throughout the whole afternoon. He has a Shabbos nap. He he wakes up for Mincha. There's a minyan Mincha again, and he has he washes for Shuzah Shlishis. Who got those though? It's a good question. I also I didn't say in the story who got the Haftarah. Oh, only oh, well, had seven aliyahs. Yeah, yeah. So I, again, Frank's Kinkasha from No, no, you had the details before. It's the only reason why I asked this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was thinking about Haftarah. I wasn't thinking about the, the, the aliyahs during Mincha. But, and then he, 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 uh, he washes, he sits down, and he gets very, very, very tired. So before he falls asleep, he makes sure to bench. And the moment he finishes benching, before he can even lift himself up go, to, go, to go and lie down on the bed, he falls asleep on the table. <laughs> and it's mamish. This is as Shabbos is going out, right? So he 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 starts to dream that it's Matzah Shabbos, and he's in the Beis Shalmaila. He's in the court of heaven, heavenly court, and 
they're judging all the neshamis that passed away on Shabbos. Because on Shabbos, there's no judgment, right? There's no Gehenim, all the souls go out of Gehenim. Shabbos is like a break. So right after Shabbos, they go back to uh, new. We got we to gotta see what happens to the souls that passed away on Shabbos. The souls of the people who passed away on Shabbos. Uh, we have to judge them now. And the Seder was like this. Whenever someone was declared a tzaddik, they would, they would celebrate. They would be, you know, there would be a big uh, celebration and, and, and a big commotion. And they would say, make room in Gan Eden. And, you know, many, many neshamas were being judged. Amongst the people who were being judged, there was an 80-year-old man from, who, from a town right next to Tzfas. He was a very respectable man, a Yerushalayim. He lived his whole life serving the Ebeshter. And he, uh, he had a tavern in where he lived, right next to Tzfas. And uh, that was, you know, that was who he was. And they, they judge him and they say, oh, he's a tzaddik. And they say, celebrate, and he's about to go to Ghanaian. And all of a sudden, a malach comes clad in black, a prosecuting angel, a scary looking angel. And he says, uh, not so fast. What happened? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so they say like this. He, he says like this. Um, there was one time that an Arab came to him demanding some kind of alcohol. And he said, it's Shabbos. I'm sorry, I can't sell to you. And this Arab... A Muslim drinks alcohol. That's, that's Arab. I didn't say Muslim. Arab. That's what I'm asking. A rogue, a rogue Muslim. I don't I have no, I have no clue. Um, that's... Okay, I'm going to hold my comments. Sorry. <laughs> hold your comments till the end, please. You should know. I got a comment in my pressure video. That uh, it was it was someone who was citing the Quran to me. Uh, I said respectfully, I disagree with you. I said it very nicely. Anyway, um, no, it was it was very civil. He was talking about what he what they say about what happened to Pari. But um, anyway, uh, back to the story. Anything with Nimve? No, he actually says oh. that he he was. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not I mentioned Nimve, but he he mentioned something else. Um, so what did the eagle do next? The eagle did very good. So, so he says, what happened? So the Arab came to him, asked him for mashka, and he said no. And then the Arab uh, threatened his life. He said, I'm going to kill you if you don't give it to me. So he said, okay, go. Take what you want. Uh, don't pay me. He wasn't going to do business on Shabbos. And he left. The problem is that this is, might be, you know, to, to give. There's a, the Toysa says that to give a, a guy who's standing outside and you put it, put it in his hand, him take it out, it's, it's an Isidur Abon on Shabbos. And the whole, I mean, and really, if you look at it, he wasn't in the Machal Shabbos. Right? And, and that's what this, this um, his, his uh, attorney, right, his defending angel, says, what are you talking about? He wasn't Machal Shabbos. He, 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 and also, he threatened his life. This is like a, maybe, was Machal Shabbos according to one opinion, and even then, it was ridiculous. But for some reason, they upheld it in based in Shemaila. Uh, you know. Opinion? Whose opinion? opinion? The Mikdash Melech's opinion? They didn't ask his opinion, but you'll see what happened. <laughs> so they say, they say like this. They say because there was some kind of Chil Shabbos involved, he's going to have to wait for seven years. <coughs> before he can go to, to, to Ganeidan. Until then, he's going to have to wait around, which is a very big tsar. Very big pain. It's very very painful for the for the neshama. And the Mikdash Melech doesn't understand anything that's going on. First of all, what's <laughs> mean Shabbos? 
Second of all, even if it was, he was allowed to because he was, his life was in danger. And a Russia, even, even the biggest Rishayim go out. 11 months. 11 months, exactly. Less than 12 months. So, so what's seven years? He doesn't understand. He had so much Rachmanis and he, he felt so bad and, and, and he realized what a special soul this person was and what a good person he was. He said, he goes up in front of Beit and he says, I am ready to take upon myself the punishment instead of him. Let him Whoa. go to Gan Eden and I'll take seven years of wandering. Whoa. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's on an island anyway, right? <laughs> Stop, I, I didn't say anything about this story. Anyway, so he said, I'll take it upon myself seven years of wandering. Um, and they accept his offer. This Yid, you know, b- bows his head to him in, thank- in thanks. And they take him off to Ganeidin. He lives uh, happily ever after. Now they have to turn to him and to judge him. He's dead, by the way. <laughs> we kind of got that. The soul lives on happily after Ganadin. Okay, so now what happens is they have to judge him. Now they turn to him and they say, You just did a not a small thing that you did. You took upon yourself seven years of exile for someone you never met and you never knew, and you did it just, you know, out of Rahmanas and you're and, and 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 you know he was a goin, he was a tzaddik. right? How is that possible? So they said we'll do like this. We'll take Every year, and we'll, and a day will be considered a year. So you only have to go and wander for seven days. Wandering means you don't stay the same place for the same place for more than one night in a row. So as long as you go sleep at different places, you're wandering. Right? Considered wandering. So he said, this old man who just passed away has seven sons. Spend a night by each of his sons one night. Yaitzeh. And that's the verdict. He wakes up and he finds himself without any of the... Cal- the no, nothing's there anymore. Everything disappeared. No mikvah, no, no palace, no table, no bed, no eagle, no nothing. And he finds in the middle of the field and he sees people coming toward him with lanterns. And it's middle of the night and they walk over to him and he asks them, well, where, where am I? Where, where is this place? So they say, you're in Tzfas. You're in the cemetery of Tzfas. Whoa. And they ask him who he is. He said, I don't know what to answer you, <laughs> but uh, what, what, where, where, where are you coming from? So they say, we're coming back from burying an old man, 80 years old, from a town nearby. And uh, yeah, we, we were coming back from burying him. And he realizes that uh, this is the exact, you know, everything to the detail of what happened in his dream. This is what's going on. So he says, um, listen, I, I, I came here to, to learn Torah, and I have nowhere to stay. And uh, right away, his, this old man, seven sons, were part of the, part of, part, 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 part of the, yeah, this, this, these people, the procession, coming back from uh, burying the, the, their father. And, and, and the Mikdash Malach realizes that the Abishter somehow brought him for, through the heavens, whatever it was, to Tzfas, you know, from the island. And uh, they all, now these seven sons start to all fight with each other about where he should stay. So he says, hey, hey you don't have to fight. Well, I'll stay. stay. Right, they all, they all, they all wanted the Tzchus to have this, 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 they were obviously able to tell he was a, you know, a Talmud Chacham and a Yerushalayim. They wanted, they wanted the Tzchus to have him. So he said, don't worry. I'll stay by each of you one night. Is that okay with you? And they said, no problem. They, and, and he was able to, you know, fulfill what was in the dream. And uh, the rest of his days he uh, spent, you know, in Sfas, respectively, and 
This is the story, a wild, wild story of the uh, Mikdash Melech and the eagle. In fact, it's funny you, you fixated on the eagle because the reason why this story was brought down is because it was brought down as, as in, in this Sefer, it brings all different interesting things about the Parsha. And in our weeks, in Parsha Sisra, it talks about Hashem brought us to speak on, on, on the eagle's wings and the wings of eagles. Anyway, we should witness wacky miracles like this. And uh, we should uh, see Mashiach. We should experience the you know eagle's wings to Yerushalayim. Oh, this is a Hakel event. And uh, much love to everybody, whether you're watching or listening. Shout out to Unslavement, bro. Unslavement. He's on? He's on? Yeah. yeah uh, Yassi, what's up, man? And uh, <laughs> yeah, whether you're watching, please please like and... And and subscribe. Please leave a comment if uh, any question or whatever it is. It is for Firi, as they say. <laughs> for Firi, my my friend. And uh, if you're if you're listening, thank you for listening. Please rate and uh, recommend. Love you guys. Butevach. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that story. Every single week on Matzei Shabbos, we say another story. So please come back and stay tuned.